Let's read together from Matthew 26. Then Jesus went with them to the olive grove called Gethsemane. And he said, sit here while I go over there to pray. And he took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee with him, James and John, and he became anguished and distressed. And he told them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. He went on a little further and bowed down with his face to the ground, praying, My father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Yet, I want your will to be done, not mine. Then he returned to the disciples and found them asleep. He said to Peter, Couldn't you watch with me even one hour? Keep watch and pray so that you will not give in to temptation, for the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Then Jesus left them a second time and prayed, My father, if this cup cannot be taken away unless I drink it, your will be done. When he returned to them again, he found them sleeping, for they couldn't keep their eyes open. So he went to pray a third time, saying the same things again. Then he came to the disciples and said, Go ahead and sleep. Have your rest. But look, the time has come. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Up. Let's be going. Look, my betrayer is here. If the going gets tough, the tough go. Shopping. Sleeping. Can't sleep, eat, fight, get on the phone, sort it out, exercise for a little LSD, long, slow distance, Netflix and beer. What's your place? Your place of refuge. The place that you go to when you are stressed out want to give up, Um, chaos. We all have a place that we go to. It's good to get to know that place, to become aware of the fact that you have a place. Uh, One of the poets say that we all have a home away from home. And it's a place where we just want to get away from everything, de-stress, and energize again to face our challenges. Now Christ had a place. He experienced challenging circumstances. The situation that we've just read is Christ this is the place where he lost his following. Um, they're not listening anymore. A lot of people rejected him. His own disciples don't understand him at this time. Um, they're not there for him. He's, retry- he's relying on them, uh, but they drop him. And one of his closest friends is about to betray him, and he knows it. And then there's the big powers. Out of his hands, the politicians and the, uh, all the governance of the church and the uh, religious people, They turned against him and they feel it's time to get rid of Jesus now. 
and he can't do anything about it. And it touches him. He's in anguish. He's distressed. He's lonely. He grieves. Um, so human. What do you do when you get at a place like that? Well, Christ had a place that he went to, a place of refuge. And his place of refuge was with the Father. Usually our place of refuge, refuge take place in a physical place, but it's only to assist us in the inner place that we want to get to. And David discovered that place and he said, He alone is my refuge. I found this is my place that I've got to go to. And, and then Jesus not only taught them and modeled that you should have a place to go to, but what you should do there. And he wanted to teach them how to pray. And that's why he asked his disciples, now this is where we are. Pray. And he modeled the prayer for them. So prayer is the way of handling the inner turmoil of your life. The distress, the hopelessness, the giving up in you. Jesus told his disciples, Luke says, a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. That's the antidote to giving up is learning how to pray in a certain way. And that is what we saw happened in the life of Jesus. He was in agony, Luke said. He experienced all these negative emotions, and emotions can be thought of as um, energy in motion, negative energy, but he transmuted it into acceptance, into peace, into hope. Even though his circumstances did not change, his whole inner world changed. And we can follow Jesus in his way of praying. And this is the invitation today, three ways in his vulnerability. So what is vulnerability? A vulnerab Vulnerability is when you accept the reality of your life and what what's happening to you. The bad things that are happening to you, you acknowledge it. And then you allow yourself to feel the effect of what is happening to you. Um, you get in contact with your emotions and you, and you become very real and honest about what I feel. And then you express your feelings to someone else. That's exactly what happened to Jesus. He had the circumstances, and now he turns to his disciples and he says, My soul is crushed with grief, anguished and distressed. Please keep watch with me. How vulnerable can, he, can you be? This is what I feel, and please be with me. Can you imagine? I don't know what picture you have of Christ is he the conqueror never never upset and and, and never caught of God you know um, uh, is he cool you know um, does he do everything without effort 
is never lonely, doesn't have big needs, experience no negative emotions. No, it's exactly the opposite. A scholar did a paper on Socrates and Jesus, and he compared it to that so much in common. They all stood up against the status quo and the society and what's happening in society. And they both had a big following. And, um, and then they both ran into trouble. They were both betrayed. Um, they had to uh, give an account of what they believe and why they believe it. And the officials um, both condemned them to death. But they went through it differently. And this is what this paper was all about. And it's, it's very interesting that to, to, to note the fact that Socrates was not distressed with his fate. And the fact that he was condemned to death. He, he experienced no fear to die. And he wasn't upset by the betrayal of his friends and enemies. He, he was an example of a human um, integration, of, of human achievement. He, he, he became a fully um, admirable person, a fully integrated, if you can say it that way. He, but... There's a big difference to Jesus. He never cried over Athens. Jesus cried over Jerusalem. And are you really mature if you don't feel anything? If you if you get to a place where you're not really touched by the pain around you, you couldn't care. You sleep well. You don't think about your behavior how it might have influenced other people, how it might have not been very conducive in certain circumstances, you couldn't care. No. That's why the life of Jesus is a different example. And in your image of who Jesus is, and some of us has a a more Socratic view of what it means to go through life and how we should go through life, than the way of Jesus, being sensitive, being compassionate, being upset by love and by suffering that is happening. Now, John of the Cross has got this idea of the path, of, of how to become a follower of Christ. And his first step is, and that's how he encouraged his, the followers of, his, um, of, of the Carmelites, that they should start with getting to know Jesus, who he was and what he said, and then imitate that. And once that has a bit established in your life, you move on to the next important step, and that is to follow the motive of Jesus, the selfless way of Christ, your motive for doing things. And then the third very important thing is that he said, and the cross will find you. Suffering will come into your life and you should welcome it. So if if your spirituality guards you against it, if your spirituality takes away your capacity to be moved, to, to feel, to be upset about things, it is not, according to John of the Cross, the way of Christ. Look at the, the reaction of the disciples. 
they are perhaps on the other side of the spectrum of Socrates, who, who are not touched by anything, who are always cool, calm and collected. They throw their toys out of the cot. We can say they're emotionally exhibitionists, um, a bit hysterical. First of all, they fight. I mean, Peter draw his sword, cut off a guy's ear, and then they flight, and then they sleep. Um, they just let the emotions go through them. Um, you know, it's, it's either denial, escape, or sedate. But that's not the healthy way. The, the, the invitation is to welcome and to feel it and to acknowledge it and to have the courage to say that. Even though people might think, but you haven't got your life together, you're, you're not cool. And how can you be like this? Acknowledge it. Now, the v- next important thing in following Christ is in his posture. Um, his awareness in which he lived. When he started to pray, he said, my father. So it's, it's, it's very, very big. Uh, at his baptism, he heard a voice from heaven telling him, you are my beloved son. And it looked as if this idea, this reality became the center of his life. It's the core of the way that he thought about himself, a beloved. It's a way that he thought about God, his father. I've got a father. I've, I've got a home. I've got somebody who knows. I, I've, I've got somebody who cares and will always be there for me. That's my refuge. That's why I can go to. So he got in touch with the deeper realities of his life. My circumstances can change and everything can be taken away from me. But what cannot change and what will not change is the fact that my father is with me and that I'm in the hands of my father and that he cares and that I'm his child. He will never leave me. So it's a turning away from the self to God, to my father. And just experience it. It's something to be experienced, not just something that you should understand and take cognizance of. Uh, David says in Psalm 131 verse 2 that I've calmed my soul and it is still inside of me now. There's no more turmoil, no more chaos. I say I'm like a weaned child with his mother. A weaned child uh, uh, is not there for the milk. It's just to be with his mother. Have you ever seen the effect of somebody picking up a child in turmoil and just holding that child? It's not the words. It's not telling the child. That would ever change something. It's holding. It's being whole. It's just being with the father. And again, the disciples are asleep. They're unaware of the greater reality of their life, of the life of Christ and of what's really happening around them. They're taken up by their grief, by their pain, and they have problems now. They haven't got the job anymore. They've got no meaning in life anymore. And 
a greater problem. They might be prosecuted just as Jesus are prosecuted now. His followers might become the next target of the government and, and of the officials. It's a great loss that they sit with. But they're taken up by it. The invitation is to turn away from self to the Father, just to center again, to get in touch again, to experience again the fact that you're, you're, you're his child. And nothing can change that. And nothing would ever change that. And now the third important thing that, that might be the way to develop this posture is repetition and surrender. That's the way that Jesus prayed. He went to pray a third time saying the same things again. Repetition. Surrender, yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Your will, not mine. So Jesus was never against repetition, but empty repetition, just to babble uh, with no meaning, with no faith, with no trust in what you're saying. So there's a long and a rich tradition in the church of taking this example of Jesus and, of course, the teaching of Jesus and of Paul, the New Testament, very seriously to always be praying, always be praying. And, and one of the ways is by a small, short prayer of repetition that becomes the prayer of your heart. Um, you will find yourself, if you practice this way of praying, that you are praying. Some of the common examples is perhaps in the Orthodox tradition, the Jesus prayer. And a very short version of the Jesus prayer is, Jesus Christ, have mercy on me. Like a mantra, repeating it. The uh, Christian meditation movement in the world uses the word Maranatha, which means, come, O my Lord, come. Come to my assistance. Come to my help. And you'll find uh, the example of so many saints and, and leaders in the church through the ages that they had and they lived this way. Uh, I'm thinking of um, Francis from Assisi now who used the words, My Lord and my God. Repeat it softly, gently, as often as you can, perhaps start off in the morning with a few minutes saying it, praying it, and then praying it during the day as you remember it. You can even put a reminder and make use of a reminder to just bring you back to your intention to pray and you do it for a little while. Now, uh, why do people pray this way? Now, for nearly 2,000 years, the church of Millions of people over the world are praying this way. Why? Because they experience it helpful. Because they experience it as a means of grace. It's a way of going to the place of silence. You, you are developing inner calm and inner silence by praying this way. And um, that's why it still remains up to today a way of prayer. And then the second important way of praying that often accompanies this way of praying is to come to the place of 
surrender, to let it go. Um, Jesus had to let it go. What what was really behind Jesus' um, desire not to go through this death? Now, somebody said and wrote about it, a common criminal die without fear, and yet Jesus dies shouting out to God and his Father. Why? And perhaps it's not so much the fact that he was going to die, but how he was going to die. That he was tempted in in that time to not die a good death, but to die bitter, to die lonely, to die with regret. And that's why he asked and said, but can't this cup pass? from me because this 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 is a big this is not what i want and i cannot do it and his father said no you're not going to get what you want and and but the father said but i will strengthen you and he sent the angel luke said to strengthen him so every time that that, that you you receive a no to your prayers you receive strength from god to handle it, and to live with it. And the surrender can come in your life when you realize that I've got to let go of my way. And, and here's a big question. If you are very unhappy today, I want to ask you whether it has to do with three things. You want to do something and you can't do it. You want to get something and you can't get it. And there are some people that think things about you that you don't want them to think. It has to do with our desire to control and to exercise power. And that's the desire that you've got to give up and to let go. The desire for approval and esteem. The desire for comfort and security. And that's what Jesus did. And he received strength to live the life that the Father wanted him to live. Now, this is a wonderful adventure you're invited to. Uh, The world of prayer, the world of connection, the world of um, transformation that can happen to you. And I want to ask you, if you want to change something in your life, how do you go about? What will help you to bring a change in your life. Three things. You've got to get knowledge about it. So Google it. YouTube it. Read about it. Ask friends about it. If you want to know something. I want to do something. And then you've got to try to do it. Like, like cycling. You can read all the books. But if you never get on the bike. You'll never be able to do that. So if you want to venture into this way of praying. If you, if you want to imitate Christ. In his vulnerability. In his posture, in his repetition, and and in his surrender, um, you've got to do it. Try it. And the third thing is, do it with somebody that's further along the road than what you are. It's, it's, it makes such a big difference to bury up and do it with other people. Um, that's the invitation for this wonderful opportunity in life.
Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your example that you've given us in your Son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for your will that has been made known through your Son. Help us to follow, to imitate. And today, if we're at a place where we are losing faith and hope, and where we just want to give up, we pray and ask that you will strengthen us and help us to let go, to surrender. In the name of Jesus, amen. Receive the blessing of the Lord. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit is with you. Amen.